Hey everybody, welcome to Rain City Supercars episode 52. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we took a brief, uh, we both took random vacations this weekend. It was to the same spot. weekend. And you went to Canada, I went to Canada, separate things. But um, yeah, it was great. It was a great weekend. Hit a large snowstorm, but uh, made it back. Yeah, luckily I drove the Audi, not the vet. <laughs> I think you should take the vet. That would have been a great car. It would have been a great way to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> would have made it feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure you would have been fine. You would have been fine. Yeah. But you uh, you had a good time? It was amazing. Well, good. it's hard not to have a good time. Happy I, birthday. Again. Yeah. yeah. I, I snuck away from my 39th birthday. My last... Uh, 29th should have been You've my last. changed since your 39th. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's hard to have a bad time when you're up at Lake Louise, of all places. Oh, and I stayed at the Fairmont because I kind of spoiled myself. Which, well, you should. Yeah, I got a good discount. Okay. <laughs> and it was the only thing that was open. But you, that's you always the point. get a good discount. You're literally standing there with brand new driving shoes that you got an yeah. incredible discount. I on. posted the link the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I got bucks. them too. I haven't, I haven't tried them on yet, but they're they look really comfortable. But I don't want to waste a ton of time. Like I said, we don't have a lot to recap. We have somebody we've talked about on the podcast a lot. Yeah, long time. Let's say resource. I've pointed so many people to Mule. Over the years, that it's uh, I'd probably have lost count. I think we've name dropped you guys a hundred times on here just because you're the go-to. So, like we've mentioned before, we do choose our guests. We don't typically just have somebody who comes to us. We try and cater this show very carefully to people we believe in and people we trust, people we know you can trust, and so that's why they're here today. Uh, so, and before we get too far into that, I want to say this: people speaking of people we trust, this episode is sponsored by Haggerty and people yep, we trust. As all so, episodes are, as all episodes are, um, we. I'm just thinking, I'm like, we forgot something. Oh yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The reason so, we're still yeah, on the air. Yeah, the reason Those we're still. Yeah, well, and the FCC doesn't know where we broadcast from. So, that's other than true. that, that's that's how we're still on the air. But, um, welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks for having us here. Not a problem. Like I said, like Dan and I have said, we've uh, we've talked about you guys a ton. Um, we we talked about it a ton on our winter prep episode and some of our off roading episodes. Yeah, stuff to um, put in your car. Like yeah, you guys have come up a lot uh, and a lot with our friends. So you guys and you guys have had a lot of big changes over the last year. You guys opened up your new space, which is amazing. I was there for the open house for that. I think, oh, I was there too. Yes, huge hot dogs. Huge hot dogs. Too many of those. <laughs> you can tell which one of us is the off-road fan and the food fan. Like, he's like, let's go for the parts. Let's go for the hot dogs. I was surprised that the, <laughs> whatever uh, gets you there, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, who was the guy cooking your hot dogs? Uh, I believe it was my dad. No, it was the younger guy, Scott. 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 Yeah, it was Scott. Scott. And he, I was talking to him, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I listened to your show." And I was like, "I didn't know any of you guys listened to my show. Thank you very much." <laughs> <laughs> We're still amazed people listen to us. We thought when we started this, there was going to be two people that talked, listened, him and I. Half the time, I don't listen because I know what was said. <laughs> no. Um, can you guys kind of give us a little bit of Baxter and how Mule got started and kind of where you came from? I know you've told this story a hundred times. In fact, you said you just told it in Mexico. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. Um, I guess I'll start. And uh, I know that Dana will want to uh, sort of give her set uh, her opinion on what, how we actually came about. But I think we'll agree on most of it. Um, so we just got back from a trip to trip to Baja. We go there once or twice a year. Um, and, uh, basically about, let's see, back in 2012, I took a leave of absence from my job and, uh, we went on a, like about a four month trip, just driving around in the Southern part of this, uh, the U S and then into Mexico, um, basically toured around different parts of, uh, the Baja, you know, camping on beaches and stuff like that in a in a modified Volkswagen well, four wheel drive cool. van, which was right, which, which was cool. And, and really, mean, you should back up from there and say that we spent two years, the first two years of our marriage, in the garage building that van, and correct. then when it was completed, a little bit of Subaru Boy, in there you, too, Nick. It had the the, the two point right five. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. First two years of our marriage were spent in the garage, uh, different reasons. But yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Well, he thought he was going to have to sell it uh, because he didn't think that that his wife would like it, and I was like, "Heck, no, man! Let's build a camper van. Let's go live in it." Um, so we built that out and literally as it was being finished, the day it was being finished, drove out of the driveway for four months off work and lived in it, driving around California, Baja Peninsula. It was an, well, it was a mix of years. It was an 86, uh, tin top with an 84 donor pop top. It was a Subi, uh, 2.5 liter, uh, VBT motor. Yeah. Uh, so it was sort of Frankenstein, Frankenvan, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Frankenvan, um, absolutely. But, but yeah, so we called that Das Mule. Little nod to the German, you know, Das, yeah. and then Mule, just uh, multi-use logit- logistics equipment. Um, Great name for a company. And uh, write that down, Dan. Yeah, right. <laughs> we uh, and the Mule, just the animal. I mean, the original four by four. Absolutely, so, original pack mule. Yeah. So that uh, I'll let Joe pick it back up there. But we built that van that we were driving around in. That's kind of what started it all. Correct. Yeah. Thanks for the minor, minor, the minor detail you missed. Minor detail. Yeah. Built for, the this is a car show. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about cars. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but um, the vehicle was great. Um, we left uh, sometime in September. And basically made our way on two lane roads all the way down to Baja. Did some a little stint in uh, in Death Valley and then a few other spots on the way. And then and then entered entered Baja with some friends that had you know been going there for their basically their whole lives. So you know I think a lot of folks they look at Mexico. In fact, folks that we talked to before we left are like you know don't go there you'll die kind of stuff. But I can I can highly recommend Mexico. It's a it's a very safe place to go. Um, as long as you stay away from the cartels. You'll as long as just yeah. yeah. As long as yeah. you've got you know nitrous and you can <laughs> get away no just kidding no it, it's totally safe um but yeah so we toured around uh, the baja had a had an amazing nine weeks uh 10 weeks in, in just touring around and then it was driving back uh through arizona and we stopped at a at a small mom and pop kind of shop that sold uh, off-road equipment stuff like we do now and um and then that was when the seed was planted. And we, at that point, it was we got back, and I'm like, we should open up a shop in Seattle. I mean, there's just amazing off-roading to be had, all up and down the the West Coast, and 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 you know, really more so like Oregon, Northern California, all the way up to the Canadian border and beyond the Canadian border, and then all the way out to Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, there's, Utah. You know, it's just it's phenomenal out there's here. There's a lot of shops here that are actually have are homed in the Northwest as far as off-road shops and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Warren's just down in Oregon. Yeah. And the Metal Tech's down in Oregon as well. Yeah. I mean, ARB. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Vision X right yeah, down Vision in Auburn. X, yep. Uh, there's there's a pile of companies. And then, and, you know, for, so for us, it was just serendipitous that logistically things worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, Dometic is right down the street too. It's a great, you know, another well, great I'm, resource. I'm sure you guys can't relate to this at all. But we, I believe we still have parts that we ordered online for that van uh, in our garage. Yeah. that we either didn't return or were too lazy to return or we couldn't return. And you order all this stuff online and you think you're getting something, but maybe it doesn't quite work exactly where you thought it was going to work. And then you have it forever. Um, well, and you we ordered thought, it for a 1985 and it was a 1985 and a half and it's three right. inches short. Yeah, I've been there. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. uh, so then you keep it and you trip over it in your garage for the rest of your life. <laughs> yep. Um, 
So we yeah right like the pile of right exactly and you're like now what do I do? They're kind of worth money for something maybe. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of got this wild idea that you know there's maybe an opportunity here for people to not have to build the way we built that they could come into a store where there's actual product and take that jerry can out to your rig. Does it fit where I want to put it? And, and that's kind of the way we've built our shop is, is our customers are our community and absolutely carry that outside, see if it fits where you want it, then come back in here and say yes or no. And if it's yes, then pay me the money and you're good to go. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I've, it's, Going into your, I mean, I was, I remember the first time Dan took me into your store, it was, it was the, the smaller, well, the smaller store in Issaquah uh, near your build bay there. And I was just like, I didn't even have an off-road car. And I'm like, I need everything in here. <laughs> Will this fit on a BMW? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have an XI, right? That counts. Yeah. It's all wheel drive. You're yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember looking under, I was telling everybody, cause I looked under the, uh, you brought us out to the shop and you showed us that Jeep with the cantilever rear suspension that you guys had built. Yeah. And I was just like. Oh, <laughs> like I need more of this in my life. Right. Yeah. And then I knew I needed to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. And then it started that, uh, those of us, those of our listeners who have been to exotics, and I think most of you have, you may have seen the mule, the one of the many mm. mule shop mm-hmm. trucks, right? But your rally truck, I was like, you guys have got to bring this to exotics. This is so cool. And as soon as that thing rolled in, I, I remember that day. Cause I think there was an FJ 40 there and a Unimog at one point as yep. well. Um, and of course, uh, you guys know very well, Brandon, Ben Powell with the pin scour, who's been a previous guest of ours. Absolutely. And Doug Perry from driver's club has been a mm-hmm. customer of yours with the Raptor and probably his FJ as well now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he's got that crazy aluminum FJ. So it's like, we keep sending, we are the, the world keeps getting smaller. We keep saying that. And so it's amazing our, how smart the car community is in the Pacific Northwest that people are like, Oh yeah, I've, I've known those guys forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, we, and we've talked about off-road stuff many times on here because we're like, yeah, it's a supercar show, but you guys, like you said, the off world, the off road world, the overlanding world is not what a lot of people from small towns think it is a bunch of rust bucket trucks that are just, you know, slamming off road. I've seen some of the most amazing engineering ever on off road vehicles. And anybody who's been to Baja can tell you that seeing that stuff. Uh, I mean, talking to Keith Northrup earlier on here with his trophy rat and that full tube frame chassis with the King suspension on it, that thing's just mind blowing. So how did you guys get into, have you always been a fabricator? Like some of the work I've seen out of your shop has just been like, that's ingenious. I never would have thought of that. And the way you guys put things together is just, it's, it's fascinating to see from an engineering perspective, but also from kind of an artist perspective to make it all work together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my background is when in, you know, prior to starting Mule, I was an aerospace engineer for 20 years. But uh, I think this really goes back to, you know, way back. It goes back to playing with Legos and uh, building cars that have cars inside them and you know all this kind of stuff and then that you know you just when you grow up you just you become an older kid you know uh, in a lot of ways yeah i have no idea what that means right exactly (laughs) so you know for uh, for for myself and and you know luckily i have a wife who loves vehicles as well which is and um, loves you and loves me and loves yeah (laughs) so we're both passionate about it and we both get jazzed every time we see a cool you know a cool build and uh just to be um fortunate enough to you know have been you know have become recognized as experts in the field of of off-road expedition type vehicles is really um it's really humbling actually and uh we are passionate about what we do and just every time we build a truck 
And every time a truck comes into the shop and it comes in stock, whether it's a brand new 2018 with, you know, 10 miles on it or, you know, a 1973, you know, uh, troop carrier. Um, it's just, you know, it's something that, uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those kind of dream jobs where you get to work on these great vehicles and then and to see the expression on the customer's face as the vehicle comes out, knowing that they didn't, you know, they, they knew what it was like when it, when it rolled in. Um, I think I might have got off topic there a little bit, but no, you're, you're good. I mean, you guys you have know. created a wonderful, like Dan was saying, the customer the customer service experience is so much different. Like a lot of the shops you walk into, I mean, around the world, it's like, yeah, this that that's your part. Go go buy it first, then walk out to your your, your car. Right. And every time I've been in there, you guys are like, yeah, try this on this, go on this. Are you sure it's going to fit there? Okay, let, now let's talk about where we can put it. If you want to do something, I mean, it's it's a really focused. You really focus on customers. Uh, customer support god my, i can't talk yeah. today you'd think it'd be, it'd be all week but and a well-earned so. reputation for quality work too because i keep sending people pack, back and they keep going back so they're like yep did it right, right. the first time right yeah well, well i think you sell yeah. quality product too that's another thing there's a lot of places out there that sell sub right <laughs> absolutely and, and i apologize yeah, sorry, uh, i, I kind of got off topic there but <laughs> the original you that's know, never happened on we, were, podcast, we were ta- so. yeah exactly <laughs> we, were, we were talking about like like builds and cool stuff and where does it all come from but yeah it really does come from you know working in aerospace designing cool things for the government or you know an airline and uh and then being able to take that knowledge and put it towards builds that we do in the shop and just basically being able to understand like you know why do you torque bolts to a certain torque specification like there's a reason for that uh you know just rattling it on the wheels fall off and then if you're yeah i mean the perfect example is one you brought up the trophy truck right like that that machine was purpose-built to go 120 miles an hour over stuff that would destroy an average truck pickup truck right um we're not there but we have that, like that is ulti- our ultimate goal. If we could, if we could make you know a production vehicle do that, that would be ideal. Obviously, there are limitations in money and whatnot. But everything that we that rolls out of the shop, like that's always in the back of your head. Like, okay, make sure that bolt's tight. Make sure that cable's re- you know retained inside the engine bay because these vehicles, it's not. Uh, you're not rolling down the street listening to your radio on, you know, 11. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere, 30, 40 miles from, uh, you know, from help. And if the truck breaks down, something doesn't function right, you know, you might as well be on the moon. You're with your family. So we always keep these things in mind while we're building our vehicles. And, and like, okay, this is, uh, this is me out here now. <laughs> Don't cut corners. Make sure it's perfect because you'll hear about it later. If, if oh, yeah. Well, you still wrong. have things go wrong. Absolutely. You know, we built this amazing, pristine van. Can I tell this story? Yeah, sure. Gets <laughs> out of the bag. She said like six words and you're like, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. 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 Well, so we, we had the van. I mean, we were kind of gaining some notoriety in the van again world. And, and Joe is um, amazing at coming up with an idea and implementing that and following it through to completion. Like he wanted to have the first Volkswagen van again with a roll cage in it. And when we started dating, I totally knew what I was getting into. He had a van roll cage built out of drinking straws to flex and test where the stress points were. Yeah. You know, I mean, he thinks these things through and then ultimately we have a Volkswagen van again, camper so with McDonald's a roll cage in it. Yeah, 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 pretty gotcha. much. Yeah, right. yeah. Props right. to Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> Props um, to Ronald. But we had this amazing van and even if it's 100%, you can back into a palm tree, say, in the middle of the beach. I never did that. Maybe I did. <laughs> and uh, The word we use on this program is allegedly. 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 <laughs> 
Yeah. Allegedly the only tree on the whole yeah. beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just put your head in your hands and you're like, oh, no, what have we done? We're in the middle of the Baja Peninsula. We just smashed in the back door. Where are you going to find a door? Of our van. What are we going to do about that? And, um, yeah, even the best laid plans, right? Yeah. And then you've got to be able to think on the fly and figure I'm out what glad you're going to do. That really didn't happen. That's what I'm really right. Right. I mean, that's, right. A, that's a great. It's a great hypothetical. That's a great, that's a great hypothetical, hypothetical, story. hypothetical situation to <laughs> yeah. talk about. I'm an excellent backer upper. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk a little more about Dana's story and some of the stuff I've done with Mule, and that stuff you should be doing with Mule. We spend an average of eight hours and forty-one minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. And we're back. And before we took off for our break, I was going to ask uh, Dana how she got started in this. And it's Dana, not Dana, right? It is, yeah. Okay, I had that wrong. Easy the whole time. for you, Dan. Come on. So I know. I have I. <laughs> well, we know Dana. So anyway. Yeah, but I was the one that was calling Mule asking for her. So that, that's yeah. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how did you get into this? Is it by proxy? But I mean. Uh, yeah, well, maybe. Um, I grew up camping. I grew up with five brothers and no sisters, so I kind of feel like I was unintentionally groomed for the role. Um, <laughs> the guys that work for us are just my guys. They're my boys. Um, they call me boss lady, <laughs> uh, and that just works. I'm used to that kind of environment. My brothers were building cars and uh, and unbuilding cars all through you know high school and into their college years. Um, but for, you know, always a big backpacker and hiker, always outdoorsy, loved camping. And I just saw when Joe and I met, we met late, later in life, 30, late thirties, uh, hiking on the top of Mount Si. There's hope and, for us, Dan. There's <laughs> hope for us. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, we just hit it off. Um, a love for the outdoors and I just, uh, part of, Part of the the van and the vehicle side of that was just that ability to to go a little farther, you know, explore a little farther, stay out a little longer. You can hike so many miles in a day, but you can drive way more and then hike from there. And I just saw that as the ticket. Um, I was at a job that I didn't love, but it was paying the bills. Uh, he was in a job that he liked a lot, but they wanted to move us to St. Louis, uh, and we weren't stoked about that so uh once we uh once we kind of had this van built we we took a leave of absence i never went back to my job joe kept his to pay the bills and we opened we actually opened earlier nick you were in our second store okay our bigger store your bigger store yes yeah we were in uh about a thousand square foot broom closet store uh right in the back of the triple x root beer drive-in oh okay in those office spaces back there i should look at me when she talks about triple x (laughs) which one of you would eat enough burgers that'd be him i mean dan we (laughs) were right in the back of the triple x (laughs) did you guys grow up in this area are you from here originally no Nope. nope, I'm a Canadian prairie kid. Yeah, I'm a oh. I'm a Boston native actually. Oh, okay. so oh really? Go Sox. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
So which part of, uh, you said, uh, so Alberta or Saskatchewan? Or? Uh, Manitoba, oh, right Manitoba, in the middle. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, so I uh, came out here for, uh, well, I went to school in Chicago and then ended up in the Pacific Northwest and just fell in love with it. So been here ever since. Nice. That worked out pretty well um, for you. Yeah. So the vehicle thing, you know, it was me and our dog tracker, who many of our customers also yes, know. Absolutely. Um, he, we got him, uh, the same month that we opened our little store. And you literally could walk in and see it all from the door. And I spent that first summer in the grass between the the Virginia, is it Virginia Mason over there? The little hospital building? Anyway, between the triple X and that little hospital building in the grass with the company cell phone playing with my puppy. Because, you know, if somebody called, I could answer the phone or I would see somebody roll up if a customer rolled up. And that was our first summer of business me and the dog and I really didn't know a lot but I knew what we had experienced in Baja and I was just passionate to want to share that so whatever I figured it out as we went along yeah yes so you figured it out really well (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. apparently it's uh it's going well we uh we have good customers yeah Yeah. we do And, and to that end I mean I think we've been super lucky that we've been able to hire the caliber of guys Mm -hmm. um that uh you know that we have um it's uh believe it or not it's not easy to find people who know the off-road industry and vehicles combined so knowing the product side as well as being really uh um you know well versed in how to you know basically handle a vehicle in the mountains or or in different off-road situations so having those guys working at our shop um basically it was it was an educational experience for us because we went out with the four wheel drive van with some some off road experience but we were you know in all for all intents and purposes we were noobs right we were we were new to the sport if you want to call it a sport um and uh you know we had a few incidences on our baja trip uh, partially burned clutch uh I was not there. Allegedly. For that. Allegedly. <laughs> see, oh, see, uh, you're catching on fast. Yeah, you know, <laughs> things like Allegedly, that. But, yeah. but uh, you know, so it's kind of cool because, um, not to get off topic, but, you know, when our customers come in, we really can relate. Whether whether you've got 40 years experience drive, you know, you grew up driving Jeeps like some of the guys that work for us, you know, literally were in the womb in a Jeep driving in the mountains of the Pacific Probably Northwest. Probably conceived in a Jeep in the mountains. In the Probably Northwest. conceived. Yeah. Probably, yeah. that's right. Exactly. It, you know, from that kind of, we have, we have guys in our shop that are, are that, type of type of, uh, of off-road person and then you got folks like us kind of got into the off-road scene a little bit later um so when folks come in and they're they're they just got a brand new forerunner hey i just got this truck i know nothing about off-roading like they feel really comfortable in the store hey don't worry about it you know what do you you know what do i need do i need to get a winch doing this stuff hey, there's look. a lot of shops though like i said like you're bringing up there that look down on people like if you if you don't walk in there and know exactly what you want and why you want it yeah like, i've watched customers walk into your shop that you can tell are totally clueless i was one of them sure <laughs> it's like huh what's yeah. that for yeah that's yeah that's pretty a, that's actually a perfect segue there <laughs> shiny things one of the reasons i became a supporter of mule was because you guys were doing tech sessions Right, and I grew up doing off-road stuff, but it was a totally a hobby. I was usually riding some, some riding along in somebody else's rig. I was going up in somebody else's rig as we were going. Uh, I grew up dirt biking a lot, but I was never been afraid to admit what I don't know. And when I go in there, it's like, yeah, I've used a winch before. That does not mean I know how to use a winch properly. Mm-hmm. I've set up lights before. That doesn't mean I know how to aim them properly or why I'm paying extra for others. It's a lot of that stuff. And one of the things we've beaten to death on this show is when in doubt, ask an expert. An expert is not Reddit. An expert is not a forum. You will mm-hmm. get a thousand responses to the same mm-hmm. question. And maybe one of those guys actually has experience with it. And that other guy who says he has experience with it has maybe done it once. 
and it worked right. for him that one time. Right. But if you go into a shop with people who do this for a living every single day and look at this vehicle every single day, they'll be like, yep, you need to do this. And here's why. And here's why I'm telling you. And that we joke back and forth because of your dad saying, this advice is worth exactly what you're paying for it. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) You go in and you're actually paying for it. You'd be surprised what that advice will get you. (laughs) Usually worth it. Usually very worth it. So I came in there and I was like, uh, our friend Randy Harris, who I had known through Exotics with the GT3 RS, he was talking about Mule one day and we'd gone up off-roading with him and he was talking about these tech sessions. So I think I liked your page and I was like, sweet, I'm going to go check it out, figure out what I don't know. So sooner or later, then I'm buying snatch blocks and ropes and yeah. So the story goes and... And we've put them to good use. Yeah. It's like, guess what? That works. Um, What if we drive into that ditch? I don't know. Let's find out. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the things like if, uh, I've been telling people, uh, you guys just did a partnership with Avance, which mm-hmm. I'm super happy about. Brandon, Ben Powell, our previous guest, helped set that up. And they are, we tell everybody to get in with, involved with Avance for, for stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, discount helps, but what you can learn, the knowledge and the, the people you talk to are great. One of the things you guys do is tech sessions and open houses. Let's just move this straight in. What's the first thing you do? I just bought a new Forerunner. What's my f- first mod? If I want to do some overlanding, stickers. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, we, 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 we joke around decal? the shop. Yeah, yeah actually, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I know it's a running joke. There's gotta yeah, be. The there's guy. a running joke. Um, lights before lockers is kind of the running joke. Okay. Lights before lockers um, basically means like there's a lot of folks that are just they see an off road vehicle, they they like the aesthetic, and they say I want an off road vehicle, and the first thing they go is they buy a big light bar. Light bars are great. Don't get me wrong. If you need light, extra light, which you do in a lot of cases, it's great to have. But if you really want to go use your vehicle off-road, I always tell my, my customers that come in, I, I basically I have my little scripted thing that I, you know, yeah. because I've, said it, I've had to say it so many times. Basically, what you want to do when you're going off-road is you want to, you know, basically give the vehicle its or, or, or Try, try to get the most um, traction you can possibly get out of the vehicle, right? Traction, right? So you're talking wheels, not wheels. You're talking tires, right? Nice, grippy tires, air pressure, things like that. Because off-roading is, in, in, in simplest terms, you are going on unmaintained uh, roads, uneven surfaces where you could potentially lift a wheel or get into see, you know, deep sand, mud, stuff like that. So uh, the last thing you want to do, unless maybe maybe some folks like to get out of their vehicle and dig holes or set up winch, you know, recovery points and things like that. But most of the time you want to get through whatever it is you want to get through without stepping out of the vehicle, right? That's off-roading. Yeah. That's the driving part of it. So when folks ask me like, what do I need? Do I need a winch? I say, no, I wouldn't start with a winch. I'd say I would start with a compressor. Yeah, because then you can air up and air down. You can air up mm-hmm. and air down because you're, you're, I, I think of it as like, like a line of defense against getting stuck. You know, reco- traction being the most important traction, thing. Traction, yeah. Because yeah. if I can, if I can sit in the comfortable air-conditioned seat of my nice truck and drive through something, well, a it's a lot more fun. Yep. And not not that not that doing recoveries, it's fun too. It's cool and challenging in a different way. But I'd rather drive through it. You know, yeah. drive up that steep hill. You know, you know, wherever I put the locker on. So. The light bar is not going to help much if you're trying to climb, you know, a 45 degree well, you incline. Put it up in the sky so they can find you later. Yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but as a as a homie. Or if beacon, you don't uh, have the right traction, you can turn it on later tonight. Exactly. You can turn. You, you'll be able to see for a few hours before the bears sure. can eat you. Yeah. I think I back up a step even farther from Joe, and I'll say, "What do you want to do with it?" 
Yeah. Right. Where do you where do you want to go? Are you wanting to get out to a cool spot on Forest Service Roads and pull the awning out and have a margarita? Or are you wanting to nice. seriously just do some off-roading, you know? Um, and I will tell customers, you go out this weekend. Go play. If you feel like there's something you really wish you had, come back. Let's talk. Um, if you start feeling uncomfortable with the gear that you currently have, then turn around. You, you know, cut the trip short a little bit. Come back. Let's talk about what you experienced and where you want to go. I, yeah. I think, you know, I'm a probably good example of the fact that I've always loved cars, but my what my idea of off-roading has changed so much after going to Mule and hanging out with Dan. Like when I grew up, I, I grew up camping and we would drive down forest roads and, you know, we, we had a Suburban or a, or a Blazer or something like that and got up there. And what I always thought was off-roading were the guys that were down in Baja, you know, climbing up a rock, you know, going in, what is the, the famous, the hot, the hot tub or whatever, they go in and they climb out of that. It's just insane. Oh, oh in Moab? Moab. Moab. Moab, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, even worse. No, hate letters for that. <laughs> but, you know, as I've gone out with the guys around here, like we've gone like snow wheeling and stuff like that, which, you know, just in the middle of nowhere. And I'm watching these guys, you know, drop these Jeeps and everything in these ditches that would bury a car or it would bury like your land cruiser. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, but because they've got the right running gear, the right engine, they're not blowing clutches. They're not, you know, and it's, it's yeah, light bars are important and winches are important for when you, do something you think you can do and you can't and that's what that's also what i like about it is pushing these vehicles to the point where you go like you said go out and do something and then when you figure out you need something come back mm-hmm. when you fi- when you get so stuck you need traction mats come back yeah. when you get so stuck yeah, you exactly. need a winch yeah. come back that's right. right i mean i can sell you all the oh, things yeah. <laughs> and you will have the look <laughs> and i'm happy to do so well, sure but ultimately i want you to have the vehicle that works for you and there's not one right vehicle right. yeah there's whatever works best for you. Yeah, and sometimes from a business standpoint, it's like, you know, we're in business. Obviously, sure. we have bills to pay and things yeah. like that. But um, I think maybe it takes people aback a little bit when we say, no, you don't need that right now. And they're like, what do you mean we don't need that? Well, like Dana said, well, go out and use the truck. Do I need lockers? I don't know. It depends on how you, what, what, kind of, you, what you want to get you into. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. We have customers come back and say, man, I spent you know, six hours trying to recover my truck. It's like, well, okay. Let's talk about winches and lockers now because yeah. I think that you're you're a candidate for that. You know, I get the biggest kick out of the fact that you know, and I'm not insulting it. I hope I'm not, but I drive around the Bellevue area and I see some off-road vehicles that have all the lights, all the suspension, and not one single scratch on the car. And I go, never been off-road. Yeah, <laughs> I go out with Dan. Dan's like, can we get through there? I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, and I've got, I've got, I, you know, because I have the, I had the, the, the bumper and I have the sliders, and it's like, well, if I can't fit, I'm just gonna back up and yeah. it's just gonna slide it. It's like it's not gonna actually hurt it. It's just you know yeah. mud and sticks. Absolutely. So. And, and and well, here's here's the thing too. We actually have customers that come in and say, look, this truck, this truck's never gonna go off road. Yeah. I just love the look. And and you know, the same thing with exotics. There's there's folks that love exotic cars. I love exotic cars. I don't own one, but I'm sure there's folks out there that own exotic cars and just just appreciate the aesthetic appreciate the engineering and uh they'll never drive fast they drive 55 or 60 miles an hour my z06 never got track time my previous cars have and i had i knew that when i bought it i didn't care i bought it with the stage three arrow and all the downforce in the world and the sport cup twos everything else and but i mean i put thirty-six thousand miles on the car in two years because it's been to 22 national parks and it's been all over the u.s but it was like why didn't you just get like a standard c7 i'm like because this is more fun Right. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was very, very fortunate to be able to get what I wanted. 
if you're into the look, it's your truck, whatever. It's not like you're stancing it and making it worse. It's oh, not, they look awesome. I mean, yeah, I'm not uh, gonna say, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally no, I, fair. Yeah. If that's what you like, go for it. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you're not making it worse. There's a, there's a line I think when people start to damage things by engineering them improperly, <laughs> but. Yeah, exactly. By all means, do it. And if and if all worse comes to worse, the next guy who buys it's going to be like, yeah, I did want to take it off road, and you got all the right parts on it. Sweet. Absolutely, mm-hmm. right. So yeah, our 2018 Chevy Colorado has scratches all over it, yeah. and customers have pointed that out. Yeah, and oh, uh, yeah, that it does. That's what we bought it for. Yeah. When I uh, the last time we went out, like really in my uh, in my Land Cruiser, we just went up to Stampede, so I wasn't doing anything like you know Tahuya major mm-hmm. off road. But it was, there's this trail that we've gone up a few times and. I just shoved it right through it. And I was like, yep, we're fine. It kept going through it. And the guy who bought it was actually with us on that trip. And I told him when he bought it, I was like, actually, I was going to buff the scratches out and stuff. I can get most of this out. I've got the buffer for it. And he goes, no, it was like, it was part of the appeal. Because he goes, I know it can be used. Like, I've been there. I know what it can do. And I appreciate that. I don't have to worry about it. It isn't one of those pristine vehicles where it's like, oh, I don't want to get a scratch on Mm -hmm. it. It's nice enough to where you can drive it and not be embarrassed. It's used enough to where if it gets a new scratch, you're like, eh. Whatever. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in there and do a, a quick plug. Yes. Um, yeah. So to that end, two things. One, the first scratch. For anybody listening who has a brand new fifth gen forerunner Toyota T- uh, Tacoma or other vehicle, Jeep JL, Jeep, JL, Jeep JK, um, that first scratch is is the most painful. I'll be honest. When you hear that branch <laughs> yep. sliding down the side of the car, yep. But <laughs> that's but the sound exactly. Uh, you know that one. The so truck well. will survive. It'll yep. be fine. And thanks to folks like uh, like Rios. Um, there are products out there that you can basically fix your car with. And there's other things you can do too. So the plug is basically... Our next tech session is with Grios on uh, November 8th, I believe, at Mule. Uh, And talking specifically about just off-road vehicles and kind of how to uh, keep them maintained and looking sharp for those times when you are Buy a black truck. Buy a black marker. No more scratch. That's right. <laughs> this episode will air the day after that, but I will. Ah. But no, that's no, okay. If you, I will put a reminder on there to post about that because I'll plug the show, so right. you guys will hear this after this. But right. you guys will see. Which you means guys. you should have been there. Why weren't you there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come so, on. Shame on you because yeah. you should know this. Um, yeah, that'll be actually that'll. That's one I might just go to anyway. Um, so I am planning on replacing the Land Cruiser at some point. I am holding out is doing the best I can anyway because I really want a JL diesel. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I have, uh, I've looked at other vehicles. I actually loved my Land Cruiser. I thought about getting an FJ. But the fact is, is my favorite thing to do off-road is go snow wheeling. Yeah. And it's hard to beat tires and lifts for when you just need clearance. Mm-hmm. And a Jeep is probably the cheapest way I can do that. So I'm kind of like... Yeah. Well, uh, and the JL is, yeah, you you can get a much larger tire on that, even just stock. Exactly. And then yeah. you can fit a 37 on there with it yep. just from the factory option. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, we, we, I was just watching a couple episodes of, uh, this year's ultimate adventure. And if anybody is not familiar with ultimate adventure, it's basically, uh, a lot of the editors from the different off-roading magazines get together, other folks from the off-road community, um, and they build vehicles and then they take them out to some, at, you know, at the time of the, I guess when they're planning the trip, nobody knows where they're going. And then so they don't it's know announced. what to build for. Yeah. They don't know what to build for. So, um, what was interesting about this past, uh, I guess it was 2018. It was in Maine, uh, up in my neck of the woods, or old neck of the woods, actually. And uh, I think there were at least half the trucks there were running that 2.8 liter uh, Cummins crate motor. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, I guess the moral to that story was that these trucks were 
phenomenal. I mean, the little diesel was the best choice of like a power plant for uh, serious. I mean, these guys do off-roading stuff where it's like, you know, beyond anything that I normally do when I go out in my own personal truck. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the torque of a diesel at low RPM is just an ideal engine. So to your end, you know, waiting for that, uh, hopefully Jeep pulls the trigger and they do the diesel and the JL. Cause I think it's going to be a phenomenal combination. I am one of those people that's like, what can I do the least to, to get the maximum result? So Absolutely. it was like, that was the best thing about when I bought the vet totally opposite of the spectrum, but it was like, well, I can change the tires and it'll do everything I want it to do. Top comes off for the you know the hot days. It's comfortable. It's got cool heated seat, cool heated Sucks and cooled seats. Off road, I'll tell you. That. Yeah, it's terrible <laughs> off road. I do have a great picture of me camping out of it though, like parked in the lab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, well, they got. I, I literally, I had, a, I had a tent in the back of it, and I camped out of the Z06. I did it in the GTR too. I have the same photo of like, me like camping in a national park, and everybody's like, what in the world? Nice. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the idea behind the JL. Uh, speaking of 2.8 though, that's what Brandon is putting in his FJ. And I believe that's what Doug has in his FJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that is, you're right. That's, yeah. that is the motor for everything it seems. Yeah. And then that's, that's actually what drove us to buying this uh, 2018 Colorado. Our most recent shop build is um, it's a four door uh, long bed, uh, Colorado. We put a, a Norweld aluminum flatbed and canopy on it where the canopy comes on and off, of course. Um, and then we have got a four wheel camper that fits on as well. So it's a real modular, yeah, little we just kind of wanted the diesel, yeah. but we wanted the diesel and, uh, you know, we took that thing out. I think, uh, the first trip we did, we were probably 700 pounds over GVW and we were driving up, you know, 40 degree, uh, loose rock slopes out by, uh, Vantage out by the Columbia river. And that little truck just chugged up every hill. It's just, like a goat. Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing. So anybody out there looking for you know you're looking for a great truck, I'm, I don't want to you know plug uh, Chevy or plug it, but anybody no, but your particular opinion means but, something. Right. You, yeah, 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 you had the option to buy what yeah. you wanted right, to right, buy. Right, right, right. I just say diesel. Don't pay diesel off from Chevy, good. however. Yeah. Chevy, yeah, 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 if Chevy's fine. listening, yeah. diesel is <laughs> good. Well, Chevy's listening. One, <laughs> right, right. That's true. Uh, it's it's great, and it's a, and then the Colorado is a fantastic truck. It is unbelievable. We, we put you know we obviously upgraded the suspension. It's got King. Coilovers in the front, king shocks, and and uh, actually built. It's been regeared. Regeared, and uh, I I, re- I built a custom uh, leaf pack for the rear to carry the extra weight because there's no good, you know, solution right now sure. that's uh, commercially available for that. I'm but. noticing those. They, 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 there's a lot of these. Like they're bringing out what they're having a Ranger Raptor now. Like they're they're, yeah. they're, they're smaller. Well, these smaller trucks. Oh, man. Allegedly. 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 And the reason I say that is because of the diesel market in the U.S. Yeah. Which you would think they would do it just to combat the ZR2. Because I think with that right. with that 10 speed they've gotten it, which is a fantastic transmission for an automatic, they would have a market for it. But for some reason, there's rumor that Ford isn't doing it and may not do it for a while with that diesel, which is like, that's what I want. Send me that. Because like, yeah. I've looked at a Raptor 100 times. I love them, but they're just yeah. too wide for what I want to do. They are. We just we were just in Baja, <laughs> like we said. And um, I, my friend uh friend of mine down there uh let us borrow his raptor so we were buzzing around with with that and it's a great truck but oh my gosh on the on the mex one where it's just barely wide enough for a regular car and you've got tractor trailers coming at you that was a little white knuckle to yeah. uh get up and down the mex one so you can yeah. only suck it in so much in yeah. a raptor yeah don't i know oh wait uh sorry uh- <laughs> I love the rap. That I, thing I wanted to go, rap. though. It wanted to. Oh, yeah. To, was, was, was the v, the new V6? It was a, no, 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 it's 6. old. 2. Old 6.2. And actually, they call it, down there, they actually have another badge on it. They call it the Lobo, which is uh, oh. Wolf. Wolf. Oh, wolf. so it's not the Raptor. It's it is. It's, it's, it says Raptor Lobo. on the okay. Raptor on the passenger side on the tailgate, and on the on the driver's side on the tailgate, it says Lobo. I think it's a Mexican huh. thing. 
Interesting. So yeah. is the JL really coming in diesel? Yeah, I don't know. They keep saying, and I keep holding. If not, I'll find something else because I'm not going to go forever without an off-road vehicle. But they, they are releasing that Raptor because they were they they were test driving it at the Forza event in England. Yeah, but it, it will be released there. There, that's okay. Yeah. I know it's being released there, uh, but yeah. I don't know because the diesel. They, yeah, yeah. Toyota Hilux all over in Mexico too. Oh, yeah, man. lots of those down there. Yeah, I said that top gear Polter expedition. I was gonna say, I was that, just about to say that was that yeah. was that a that yeah, was a that's a highlight. Yeah, that's yeah, a highlight. Highlights. Ever since I saw On that, like fifty inch tires. Yeah, yeah. that thing was awesome. Like I need that for reasons. I still remember them driving across <laughs> the ice reasons. with James May on the back with the on the toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Damn it, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny funny backstory on that. Uh, on that truck and those trucks actually so we we, we sell come up winches yeah. at our shop and come up sponsored that whole arctic truck uh oh, wow. not not in, not in full but they were a, a major contributor all the trucks were running come up come up winches on that uh, so if anybody gets a chance to watch that episode well, it's pretty they phenomenal they drove up a volcano and then they drove basically and then they took credit for the volcano going off which That's is my right. favorite part <laughs> <laughs> right you're like that was our fault i forgot about that yeah that was one of my favorite top gear yeah, episodes that's actually easily exactly. one of my favorite ones yeah. drive closer no <laughs> <laughs> so dana what about you What's your, what's been actually just, what's your favorite vehicles you guys have had or have driven with or even projects? I mean, you don't have to name one. You can name yeah, a few. Yeah, what's your favorite child? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like, is there any, like, even if it's a customer vehicle that's really stood out to you, like this thing is just phenomenal. I mean, there's, I mean, for us, it's been easy. We can easily pick out the top three or four cars that we've driven that have been like, oh man, life-changing. Yeah. But yeah, I, you heck, know, that, we, that Jeep that was on that, on the lift that day, I never sure drove it or got near it, well, yeah. which was smart of you not to let me get near yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just like, oh my God. Was that the, the that one sick. with the Hellcat engine? Hell yeah. 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 And the cantilever rear suspension. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like, there's the Lamborghini equivalent of a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one, actually. After that truck was, uh, was he got, wanted to do anything and everything with right, it. That right. That was the, from what and you he were does. Yeah. 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 Yeah, after that truck was tuned and they actually got, you know, 680 or I think 625 at the wheel. I believe with that in a I, Jeep. I, in a Jeep, that <laughs> in a shortened wheelbase Jeep, so they you cut know, 6 inches out of it. Yeah. Um Oh, trust me, I've thought about it. That was that was a that was a definitely yeah, more more fun than a than a bag of monkeys, but that was a really interesting to drive and you basically got on the throttle and it just continued to uh, accelerate with you know with 40 inch tires and uh feet to the gallon you know uh, <laughs> 18 or yeah. 20 inches of suspension travel so um that was a fun one um i like the unique we've had some unique vehicles we had a suzuki lj81 pickup okay. uh what orange. was uh 79 horsepower new no no 79 Ooh. i think it was uh it was 39 horsepower so it's a predecessor to the suzuki samurai yeah Pickup truck. Imagine version. a Suzuki Samurai only smaller. Okay. Uh, yeah. Joe didn't like driving it because his knees were up around his ears. The seat, I the loved seat didn't it. adjust, so it was perfect oh, for her. But it's like a, it was kind of like a clown car. It was not. <laughs> but it looked amazing. I mean, it was a flatbed with flip down sides. So it was a. It we was had a, a rooftop tent on cab. it. <laughs> it was so cool. It was awesome. Well, this was your personal car. It was oh, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. we owned oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Now we have a now we have a, a short wheelbase Range Rover Classic uh, that's been converted. It was converted in the UK. They call it the Track of Badger. Uh, there was three or four of them made, and somehow we got our hands uh, on one up near Salmon Arm in Canada. Yeah, we bought, it, yeah, we bought it from a, a guy who used to, he was a... He ran the Dakar? Yeah, he ran the Dakar. I think he did the Dakar three times with modified Defenders, and then three times on motorcycle. Um, moved, Brought the car over from the UK, 
uh, ended up in Salmon. He was a, he was a Land Rover mechanic. Um, super cool guy. We went up there to see the car. I, just, I saw it on Craigslist. It's this green, little green buggy looking. So thing. we went the next weekend. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of. We can we now? Can we go now? See, now? Let's go buy this that. Is, now. This, is, this is what happens when you have a wife that that when you say, "Honey, look at this car," and she goes, "Oh my god, we have to have that." And it's like it's like there's like no arm twisting whatsoever. She's she's been the proponent of a lot of the even when I'm like maybe we shouldn't get that. That's the silly thing to get. And then you know the next thing you know we're driving up there that weekend. Uh, um, that car was God, cool. God, that sounds horrible. I don't know how you do that. But that yeah, exactly. But that was such a cool. It's getting dark. That, that the heater's story. on full blast. We're yeah. wrapped up, like you know, yeah. just eyes peeking out, yeah. trying to stay warm. Yet in this sure. car, seventy back miles an home. hour, no roof. Yeah. Coming back at the end of summer. It was the end yeah, of summer. I don't. Yeah. But but that was a cool trip. I mean, and, and cars also have stories, and and they're connected with people, and that's another thing we love about all these little vehicles. You end up getting that's why we've always been drawn to unique vehicles so 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 the lj81 little orange pickup this modified buggy you know uh range rover classic even the lmtv lmtv you know the rally truck all these things it's just like you know um we've been we've been lucky in that we have the resources not necessarily monetarily but all the time but the resources and the skill sets with our guys in the shop and this and that to basically build what we want to something build unique like anyway I actually want to talk about uh, this is linked to the rally truck and that that's the rally truck that you brought to exotics, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, do you own more than one of those? I do. Cause I remember you telling me a story about the fact that you, you randomly have these two trucks and serial number wise, they're not far off from each other. Yeah. Right? They're a 23 and a 24 from yeah. uh, from the chemical <laughs> randomly. group. Randomly. I, mean, ran- like yeah. I remember randomly. Yeah. You, you hadn't brought it yet. We were out there looking at it. You would just, I think you just wrapped it or just, just painted it or whatever. And yeah. you're like, yeah, we've got this one and that one. And randomly they're, this is a sequential. I was like, right. oh, that's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Purchase well, it because we needed times. two. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's two of you. Yeah. I might not have been 100% and to carry that yeah. on that car. one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and anyone who, who, who doesn't, you know, hasn't figured out that I have the world's most amazing wife, mm. uh, when you, when you want to buy a 17,000 pound military truck and then your wife agrees to buy a second one, then you know if you if you haven't married her yet, then you yeah, must you marry must, her now. You yeah. must marry that one. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah. However, we do have a rule currently. Yeah. That if we want to buy another vehicle, one of those probably it. should be for sale. Right, and that's the saddest part about owning vehicles. I'm sure all of all of the people listening right now would agree. They oh, at one one point or it's another. That's a space issue. That's it. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. a space issue. You know. Speaking <laughs> uh, of drivers' club. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So you know. Um, having to make hard decisions and choices about which ones stay and which ones go. Depending on what you get. I always say it's like, well, if I sell something, what would you sell? I don't know. Right. But it would depend but. on what I was wanting to buy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And our minds change. And, and, and uh, the, our problem, I think our, one of our biggest problem is, is uh, we love building the vehicles as much as we love owning them and driving them. Sure. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Let's take a quick break. We got one more commercial break and we'll come back and keep going. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. We were talking during the break, and uh, I was there was an install I tried to do, and I stopped halfway through 
Which uh, one was this? <laughs> yeah, which one? <laughs> yeah. No, and it, it wasn't that it was particularly difficult. It was that I realized that it was going to take way more work than I expected looking at the instructions. I have uh, in the in the cruiser when I had it, <laughs> I had an I had the air compressor and an ARB twin scroll. So if, for those of you who were, I wanted a quality part because like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, airing down is rule number one when you're going off road is you, traction. You need traction. To do that, you air down. More importantly, you want to air up and you want to do it for 45 minutes. So we've done that too. So I've, I've always been a proponent of if you're going to buy the, the part, buy it right and buy it once. And so it's like, I'm going to get the good air compressor and whatever, who gets this after me is going to have a good part on there. Well, I went to install it. I had a Viera one that, you know, it did the job, a little portable handheld one. But I went in there and it was like, okay, now I also need the bracket to hold the air compressor. Then I need the manifold so I don't melt the lines, even though I wasn't running air lockers because the cruiser had rear factory and center lockers. And then I need to mount the switch to the dash in a location that'll work. So I also got the the factory looking Toyota switch that would work. And then I was like, oh, then I got to run the wiring to the battery. So then I got to do that. And, and the lines, the front bumper and the rear bumper for jacks. <laughs> well, if I wanted to do that, that well, was, yeah. but even just to plug it in, I was like, this is not a, you know, connected to the battery with little O-rings. Those things actually have the, the twin scrolls. They require a lot of power. You actually have two power lines coming off those things with two additional fuses. So then it was like, oh, I need to upgrade my wiring just to the battery to hold it. So those I'm going to have that really stupid, ugly, sloppy wiring install. Probably melt some wires off the battery, along with overload the battery and the lights and the charging system. Been there. Yeah. People don't think about that stuff. And so by the time I was into this, I was probably, I mean, and this is, I don't do this for a living. This is something I've wired in stuff before. But I was going to be into this install six, eight hours probably. And it still wasn't going to look like a pro install. I know my limits. I wasn't going to have everything loomed properly and tucked away nicely. That's one example for me. Another one would be like an overhead light on top of the, you know, like you're doing a roof light and running that wiring. So it's not either, I mean, you got to run it through the firewall. Is your hole big enough in the firewall? When you guys do an install like that, what's one of the ones that you look at and people don't realize what is involved to do it right? Yeah, I, I would say, um, I, think, I think the lighting example is a really good one. I mean, because most folks think, well, just going to, bolt the light on the bumper or drill a hole through the roof and I'm good. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> What's so, the worst or, thing or, can or, happen? Or, or it's like, well, all you got to do is bolt it up there. And it's like, well, how do you get power to it? It's not, I mean, I mean, maybe Nikolai Tesla Trip, had, had, had shown you could do wireless AAA. power, but, yeah, uh, but AAA. we don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a really good one. A light bar is a perfect example. Um, you know, uh, doing it and doing it, uh, like you said, getting it to work is one thing, getting it to work, and uh, not only last for the types of off-road driving and the types of environments people use their vehicles in and, and, and get it to, you know, basically look really nice inside the vehicle. Um, look it, factory. Look honest. factory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, it, that to us is, uh, it's, um, it's as much of an art as it is um, like a, like a, you know, just a, a knowledge-based installation kind of, a, kind of an item. So um, yeah, I would say, I'd say definitely lighting is, is in there and you're right. I mean, uh, Folks that uh, you know just just are maybe just going for the aesthetic or maybe not. There's, it's easy to think, okay, well you bolt it on, okay, that should only take you 15 minutes. Well, maybe if there's a hole there or if there's a mount for it, and the compressor is another really good one. Well, you're gonna just install the compressor and wire it to the battery. How come it's gonna take two and a half hours? Well, it's you know, do you have a mount for it and things like that too? So um, it's all you know, devil's in the details, and um, I think that that is uh, another really. I think a, a strong point of the shop is we can go through the process with the customer and explain to them, here's what we're doing. Here's why, if they need it, 
and to make him feel comfortable because we're not out there to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. We're just out there to do the best job we can every time. Again, back to the point of, you know, we treat every vehicle like it was our own. And, uh, and um, you know, wiring is a really great one. It's, it's, it's a good, if, if not done correctly, that's the one thing that can, you know, leave you stranded. Uh, you mean burn the car to the ground? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> burn the car I did to the that ground. once with a subwoofer. I didn't yeah. burn the car to the ground, but I, I touched it and it went, it went all the way to the back of that. Car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of started laughing when he said that we treat everyone's vehicle like their own because we kind of like we kind of don't in that we actually work on other people's vehicles. Correct. Yeah, actually, yeah, we don't have work. <laughs> You guys, it's such a backlog right now. You can't have time to work on. I yours. think our I mean, air compressor is still uh, laying in the canopy. It was installed at one Hint. point in time. Hint. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so there's actually two really good points out of that. Yeah. Um, we will work on your. Yeah. Work. So so again, I think I think this conversation just kind of uh, has evolved into another really great point about building a vehicle. Um, a for people to understand like what's involved is is really really important to because. Obviously, we want people to feel comfortable when they when they're spending money at our shop and and know that they're getting the best quality installation and parts that we can provide. Um, but above and beyond that, um, and and you know, when folks come in and say, "I want to build my vehicle," what do I need? Um, knowing a little bit ahead of time what kind of driving they're going to be doing, what kind of environments they're going to be taking the vehicle into, is really helpful for us because when you're building an expedition vehicle. Um, n- there's there's uh, parts that go together in the engine bay, for example. Um, you know, there's only so much space. Space is limited. Um, other things are limited. Power is limited. You know, you, you don't have infinite power. You don't have infinite space. And you don't have infinite, you know, load carrying capability. So, um, you know, if you're going to really do a full expedition truck build, you kind of got to have things figured out ahead of time because you want to make sure that you're not doing things twice. Uh, for example, putting in a, a, a dual air compressor and then, you know, down the road, you want to do a dual battery system because you've installed a refrigerator. Well, sometimes the dual battery and the dual compressor are living in the same spot spatially inside the engine bay and things like that. So um, anyway, getting segmented off, or, or getting eating off no. on another tangent. This is, this is you know, expedition building, uh, expedition vehicle building kind of 101. Yeah, that's, and, a, uh, that's exactly a good point to bring up. When I chose the bracket for the air compressor in there, I actually chose the dual battery bracket. Right. Not that I had no plans to do that in the immediate future. I was like, well, just in case down the road, I'm going to make sure there's room for both. Right, exactly. So I did all the relocating for everything around it, then installed the bracket, then installed the compressor. There's a big empty space where a battery would go in my vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a huge learning curve for us at the install shop. Um, and I think uh, that we are, you know, um, over, ye- over the years, we've really come to be mindful of of that part of the of, of the job it's like you know customers starting out the people that are the, the the noobs you know just getting into the getting into the whole um vehicle supported you know uh exploration and adventure stuff um we keep that in mind we'd say hey you know are you guys going to be putting anything else in the vehicle like another light for example because maybe you don't want to put that switch in the in the dash maybe you want to go to one of our multi uh, accessory controllers, you know, and there's a couple of them out there. They're great. Um, and, uh, that's something that is really helpful for our customers. And I think, again, it's another, another reason why, um, another, another really good, uh, I guess, uh, 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 reason for us being where we are and in, in, in the position that we're in to be able to provide that service 
to our customers. It's like, you know, vehicle planning. It's like, you know, building a house, you know, you need to need a toilet and a sink and a shower. And eventually maybe you're going to have kids and a mother-in-law apartment later and things like that. You know, all these things you kind of want to plan for a little bit ahead of time. Um, and then, you know, segmenting back to your question too about, about time and, and, uh, what installs take and stuff like that. And these things do take time. And, uh, and, um, we've just been so flat out busy, uh, and I think it's a good uh, problem to have. Good problem to have, and I, I think that but can be it, in the it, world we live in of instant gratification. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I bought a light bar, so what, uh, fifteen minutes, uh, I'll wait in the parking lot. Right, We're fifteen. Good? Yeah, can you do that right now? Yeah, we have right. customers coming. Right can, can you do that right now? Yeah. It's like, yeah. ah, no, we can't. Um, and uh, you know, a blessing and a curse. We, we're 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 booked out several weeks now. So uh, any anybody listening out there in the car industry. Uh, if you're looking for a great job, working for a great company, we could really use another couple good techs. So uh, I'll just plug that and kind of kind of leave it at that. But, uh, you know. Well, we keep sending you business, so it seems to be working. Yeah, thanks, guys. We take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's talking about planning all that out, and I'm thinking, God, I learned that the hard way so many times, like building like building my Subarus and stuff like that. Yeah. I got really good at taking my dash apart because I did like, oh, I put a deck in now. Oh, now I want a DVD player. I got to take it all back apart now. Oh, now I want this. So I've talked about. Yeah, we've been talking about that forever. Figure out what you want to do with the with your car. I know it's and that's hard to do because you said you go. I don't know what I'm going to do in the future, but think ahead. Like you know, you're, it's a pretty good example about the the extra battery and, mm-hmm. in the car that you don't own anymore. Yes, no. you're welcome, Davis. You're welcome, Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but Dan did it the right way because yeah. then if he ever does want that, oh, he he's already got it, it planned out. You know? <laughs> and the the switch systems that that Joe mentioned that go on the dash. If if you think you might add something later on, do the switch control that has four or six or eight switches now because then you've got one uh, run of cable through the firewall it's already mounted in the engine bay the switch is already there you put the sticker on for what you just mounted and you're good to go yep that's what i was long overdue for that on the cruiser big time because i had like the factory looking switches because luckily and also unluckily that vehicle had a ton of switch blanks in it so I was like, there's the light bar one, there's the driving lights one, there's the compressor one. It was just like, I'm just randomly adding. But then I'm also running cables through the truck mm-hmm. every, every time. time. Right. And I had to, you know, I literally had to punch out a hole in the firewall, put it in a firewall boot, seal that firewall boot to make sure. So I'm like, you know, it's it's not simple. People think it's just running cables through, but it's like, I also have to make sure it doesn't leak. It's an off-road vehicle right. and it gets wet a lot. So it's, you know... Drill the hole, prime the hole, put the boot in, silicone seal the boot, mm-hmm. put a, put a, a cable tie that I can adjust around the wires to make sure it's sealed. It's like just that alone was a multi-step process. The right way to do it would have been to install a switch panel. And if you guys want to see an awesome light show, your rally vehicle, oh yeah, that is one of the <laughs> cleanest wiring installs. It is like that is a rolling showcase for you guys. I love that thing and all the lights on it. Uh, Brandon's uh, Pinsgower too. His when yeah. he, he had yeah. the lights on at Exotics, and yeah, that thing was so cool because people. One of the fun things people get to crawl around in that thing. So the kids were just loving it, and, and then it's immediately like, like he was saying on his show, it's a, it's the perfect attention grabber for talking about search and rescue and off roading. It's yeah. like that thing's just a little showcase that you guys have done. Yeah, and, no, and Brent- then you just sit, look at the switch panel, going, I have four more panels. What should I put? In? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be me. I'd be driving around going. Okay, well now I have to yeah. fill it. Like I, I bought switch. the panel, so I need to buy things. <laughs> <laughs> totally, it's a good segue into the rest of the build. But um, yeah, no, certainly uh, the whole the whole vehicle building thing isn't just like bolting on stuff. You know, there's a lot of a lot of planning that has to go into it. And um, you know, we have a lot of customers come in, and 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 it's great. And, and honestly, you know. We've got customers that come in and drop vehicles off and say, I want everything that you have in the, in, that can go on this vehicle on this vehicle and I'll pick it up in a week. And then we've got other customers that come in and say, 
Well, I'm going to start with something where they ask the question, what should I start with? And then we go down the, the road of, you know, maybe the build takes a year, two years, three years. Um, tires. Start with tires. See, I learned something. There you go. Unless you're doing a lift in the next few months. Right, then exactly. Then you start with the <laughs> yeah. lift and the And there's an, or, there's an order of operations for things. Yeah. And then, you're gonna, you know, then you need to re-gear it too. Yeah. Stop it. Then you need to do speedo correction. He said right. tires. I'm going with tires. <laughs> yeah. In my hypothetical forerunner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, you know, there, there's, it can be a slippery slope because you do. I mean, even just uh, you get brand new suspension, you got you get you do it right. You know, you said, okay, I can get my suspension lift now, I'll get my tires so I don't rub. Uh, I need a body mount chop or clearancing for the bigger tires. You got that taken care of. You're set. You're good. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, you know, I really want that ARB front bull bar bumper and that winch. And then next thing you know, oh, hey, can you pull off my coilovers and adjust them because the truck now sits an inch or two lower in the front it's all this weight it's like I yeah we can do that you know so it's, a, it's it really is an iterative process and again like i said over the last you know uh, well in the business part you know five years now but uh we've got over i don't know 90 years of experience or more uh within all the folks in the shop and, and stuff like that so all that you know combined um um sort of uh you know, all 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 the knowledge. all the all the uh, knowledge. knowledge there you go. Yeah. All the so knowledge weird. and all that yeah. stuff really has worked wonders for us in terms of uh, you know keep keeping things uh, in terms of a build going in a positive direction and uh, and 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 letting people know, hey, if you add this part, here's what's also going to be necessary for the vehicle. We might just swap out springs or whatever and that kind of thing. So we can certainly help with that kind of stuff was, too. I was talking to a coworker. I have a lot of coworkers are into off-roading and overlanding and stuff like that. And he has a very, very nice lifted JK. And uh, I was like, what do you got in the lift and the tires alone? He's like, I don't know, 35,000? <laughs> because it's, you know, he went to, he's running it on, I think he's running on 38s. He's on 38s. So yeah. he's like, so you think about it, lift, wheels, tires, re-gear, axles, yeah. everything else that went into that. He's like, lift was, you know, a lift alone, I think for that, he's got kings on it. So I think he's like 20 grand into just the suspension mm -hmm. alone yeah, for, for sure. a lift that size. Yeah. But then you get into re-gearing, then you get into the heavy duty axles. He's like, cause then where I'm going to go with it, I don't want the same axles. So I'm just going to snap them right yeah. away. Absolutely. So he's full custom axles front and rear. He's like, then I got diff coolers on there. Then I got skid plates, you know, cause he's like, it's, this unraveling everything that went into putting 38s on it and doing it properly. Right. There's like, you can buy kits that'll get you on 38s oh, to yeah. do it right. You're 20, 30 grand mm -hmm. in, period. Yeah. I've never seen it done right for less than that. Absolutely. Because you're just going to be breaking stuff. And what's the point of doing it? The right it, way or you can do it again. Well, you can do it the right way. <laughs> right. Or you, That's right. Or yeah. you can be stuck somewhere. Buy in once, nowhere. cry right. once. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're just taking trips to the mall and you want, you want your truck on 40s, hey, you know, it can be done. But you're right, absolutely. Um, up, you know, upgrading things for you know, and that, that's a good point. I mean, uh, any time that you modify a vehicle, you're 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 bringing, you're, you're putting stresses onto the vehicle that were not necessarily in the original uh, engineering uh, um, plan. Um, so uh, we see that a lot, actually. Folks come in, hey, how come my you know my 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 uh, tie rods are wearing out after twelve thousand miles? It's like, well, you've got. 35 inch tires and you know you, you're driving you know uh you go up to uh evans creek twice a week and and you know these things these parts are they're they're strong and they're good you know for for daily driving and stuff like that they and, were designed uh, to drive to work but they were designed yeah they were through the mall parking lot they do a good job yeah. i mean yeah but even these off-road trucks and again like you said your your your, your corvette uh, the, uh 
it's 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 a it's a purpose built vehicle. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's built to go fast from you know from the manufacturer, and these are you know these companies are putting you know millions of dollars of development into these vehicles to make them do those things, and we learned that the hard way with our four wheel drive uh, Volkswagen van. I mean, I stretched the front wheel wells, uh, bodywork to fit a larger tire, and you know we're breaking axles here left and right, and then we so, carried spare CVs. Spare CVs. That was a normal. You're yeah, just, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so modifying the vehicle can, you know, like anything. Racing parts is another good one. Uh, yeah. You know, racing parts, right? We're loving this already. Aren't, I, aren't, yep. aren't racing parts better than stock parts? No, no. they're purpose-built parts. <laughs> they're purpose-built parts. So they're, they're, I, there's always compromises, I yeah, guess what I'm trying to say. I have, and, uh, uh, on the Cruiser, I had total chaos upper control arms. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I had Metal Tech upper and lower rear control arms. Yeah. And... What you get when you do that is a really tough, solid part that's made to take a beating. What you also get is a whole lot of squeaking when right. it gets mm-hmm. cold and wet. Absolutely. To the yeah. point people are like, what is wrong with your truck? I'm like, nothing. That's why we made it here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, my truck is squeaking. There's a problem. Right. I've no, got not. a problem. <laughs> it's like, no, you've got racing parts on a daily yeah. driver. Yeah, polyurethane bushings front and rear. That's right. And if you were going across the desert 100 miles yeah. an hour, you wouldn't hear it mostly Johnny because you have a helmet there's, on. But There's exactly. only so much warranty work that can be done on that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you go to Baja, honestly, for about a week, you come back and be like, my truck's great. Yeah. <laughs> right, What squeak? I can't hear anything. What squeak? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, compromises for sure. You know, and, and maintenance too. I mean, uh, a high-end King or Fox shock needs you know, needs to be rebuilt. Uh, this is the manufacturer, not me saying this. Yeah. Uh, needs to be rebuilt every, if you're just doing all highway driving, about fi- every 15,000 miles. If you're doing heavy off-road driving, about every uh, 2,000 miles. Yeah. Heavy need- off-road. Now, this is heavy off-road. Yeah. Like, if you, like the guys that race in the Baja 1000, they rebuild yeah, their shocks. Yeah, I was going to say, people are going to balk at that. Yeah, no, no. Every time that, every, they can like a race all they team, want. it's true. You go out and you you pre-run or you do a race. The truck goes back to the shop and the truck or the shocks are rebuilt after every race. Yeah. On on a, you know high end you know this is this are these are professional teams now and stuff like that. So you know the the king shocks we have in our Colorado they'll last for without being rebuilt easily you know for another fifteen thousand miles. But um, the benefit of those is that you get way better performance and you can rebuild them. There's I mean the parts are out there. Um, and, uh, we'll be doing that here probably in the next year. You'll see that service being offered at mule. Um, you know, because we have so many customers now running these high end suspensions, um, which are phenomenal. I mean, ride quality, uh, the, the truck performs, you know, amazing. It's just like racing stuff on a, on a track car, you yeah. know, what you can do with these off-road suspensions is, is, is just, it's unbelievable the technology um i grew up racing mountain bikes and you know we all rode the first you know race i did was on a hard tail with a with this you know like a regular solid fork right now you can go you know 80 miles an hour on a downhill bike through stuff that would would have you know you would have, would have killed yeah, you before i did that too and we used to remember it used to be you'd wanted a really heavy mountain bike because it pulled you down the you know oh the downhill the stuff. old school like in the 90s with, with oh, cannondale and sure, you know i mean yeah. super v's and i was like this weighs more than a car yeah but just point it downhill you'll be fine exactly <laughs> so i know disc brakes yeah yeah but uh you know just like just like the autumn you know the track circuit well the you know racing um what am I trying to say? Exotic cars, uh, street cars. Um, yeah. A lot of that stuff came out of racing. 
yeah. um, Ford's, you know, Ford's racing division and the Raptor and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, the off-road community is now benefiting from amazing amounts of money that have been poured into these racing trucks, uh, King of the Hammer trucks, uh, Ultra 4 trucks. It's just mind-blowing. We watch these vehicles on TV and you're like, holy smokes, like... That was impossible I, I, ten years ago, and now you're just yeah. watching them do it like it's nothing. It's yeah, just, and and now you can have this stuff for your for your daily driver. I mean, of course, you're not going to do the stuff they do, you know, in, in the professional racing circuit. But yeah, um, we we sat almost, above but, an Arroyo watching part of the Baja 1000, and so we were down near Loretto almost to La Paz. So they were nearing like three quarters of the way to the end, and these poor trucks, man, they're just jalopies by that point. No matter oh. how they're built, like yeah. they're just panels? like <laughs> what body panels? Like you can hear the suspension up on the hill. Like they're just driving the heck out of these trucks, and these are ones that are made to do that. Yeah. So don't expect to get that out of your, Actually, <laughs> your, absolutely. your Raptor, which I was laughing well, we've about. T- we were yeah. talking to, to DJ McLean about that. Remember, he was, ta- yeah, he was talking he, about light bars and stuff. And he was talking about being out in Baja and watching these trucks just disintegrate. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. Like, they do. Yeah. I was, uh, I had the rec- goal is to stay like running. Yeah. yeah. Whoever, running, whoever's still running panels, wins. You know? Yeah. 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 So I was having uh, breakfast. <laughs> Sound funny? I was having breakfast with Derek Bell last oh, week. Yeah. Okay, here and we go. <laughs> I was, and uh, he was talking about the development of the PDK and how mad he was at it for breaking during the race. This is like 20 years before the first car PDK came out. They were saying that trickle down effect. He's like, now you get one in your standard, you know, Volkswagen Jetta's got a PDK in it. That mm. double clutch transmission. He's like, that's mm-hmm. just everything now. He's but when we came out, we first had him in uh, Porsches on the Le Mans circuit, and we, you know. He's like, I hated them because I, I knew I could win if I didn't have one in the car because it was testing and I had to yeah. test on the track yeah. and they wanted to test in the race. But that's the direct result of that is mad, really mad drivers. But uh, technology that comes down to the Ford Raptor now, which you can buy a stock truck off the showroom floor. And don't get me wrong, it is not a Baja truck. But what you get still is amazing and impressive, especially Absolutely. with the twin turbo V6 mm-hmm. and a 10 speed yeah. and a truck that is zero to 60 in four and a half seconds. Yeah, right off the dealer showroom floor. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's well, amazing. Well, having your right. cold seat on. With your coffee yeah. and Absolutely. the coffee cup holder. Yeah. 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 It's like it's cold. I'll turn on the heated steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've actually, I actually had an opportunity to drive the brand new Ford Raptor yeah. a few weeks back. I was out uh, at uh, Diesel Power Products in Spokane, Washington. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Brian and and and, and Cooper um, were great, great, gracious enough to let uh, let me drive their tuned twin turbo EcoBoost Raptor, which was quite an experience. Um, that was a that was an unbelievable machine. They are fast, super tuned. fast. Yeah, and their truck had the they had they did, they they took out the yeah, amazing. Theirs is more faster. The, the amazing <laughs> suspension. Uh, That's official off road terms. Right. More exactly. faster. More faster. Um, th- th- these guys obviously they do everything to the extreme over there at DPP, and they took the truck and stripped off the wonderful suspension that Ford had come out with and put on. I think it was an aftermarket Fox upgraded suspension on that nice. thing too. So that was fun. And then just being down in Baja and, and driving an old Raptor. It was not an old one, but it was, I don't so know what year it was. They're all fantastic. It was right? a 6.2. And the 6.2 is just like all about, you know, big block, big, you know, lots of displacement. You put your foot to the floor and, you know, it, the feeling of that truck. I, it, and I have never, I never, and anybody that's, uh, I think there's a couple of people out there that that know that I've been asking them to drive or get a ride in one of their trophy trucks. Um, uh, it was the closest thing, other than that Hellcat Jeep, 
to you know the experience of actually driving a trophy truck the feel and the acceleration and stuff like that of course it wasn't a thousand horsepower but no you know. but if you want to blast down some fire roads with a few potholes in them the raptor's probably great it's a great truck listen to the statement you just said something we never it, but it wasn't a thousand horsepower like we're right. so used to like driving around in your vet with 750 horsepower <laughs> sure, it's like yeah. it's so normal now like a thousand just doesn't seem bad right like it's like remember remember when 20 inch rims came out and everybody's like oh my god they're huge yeah, now it's like <laughs> now it's stock twenty twos coming on everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, the technology just continues to. Yeah, I, to, I like uh, the trickle down effect. I, I think I think sometimes they get ahead of themselves. And, and the BMW E forty six M three was the first time that it was a horrible transmission. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that SMG. It's, uh, those got, cars. It's funny because the manual ones are worth a ton, and the SMG ones or whatever they call. Nobody it, wants them. Yeah, they're yeah. almost worthless. But uh, uh, we're running out of time here. But we hope if you take away anything from this, it's uh, go talk to the experts. These guys will help you out. They won't steer you wrong. They'll tell you why they're recommending something. It will save you money in the end. Trust me. Ask an expert. Don't If you don't know what you're doing, ask somebody who does. And don't be offended when they look at you and go, you don't need that. And here's why. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they're, they're in the business to make money, and they're going to tell you you don't need something. And that's a good thing. Yes. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I have been sending everybody here forever. They're not a sponsor of the show. We like to reiterate that when we have a guest on that owns a shop. We just wanted them here because we believe they're giving a lot back to the community. I've loved every tech session I've gone to. I've learned something even when I thought I knew a lot. You will too. Um, they're an Avance partner member now, so like even more reason to join them and go see these guys. So Mule's just down in Issaquah. What's your new address? 1875 Northwest Poplar Way. It's right off at 90. It's the old Gurks Cycle and Ski Place. Yep, just past Evergreen Chevrolet. Yep. Yeah. Next to the Springless Trampoline. Place. Yeah. That's yes. right. Oh, and uh, just just uh, just yeah. so everybody knows, there will be a brew uh, tap house. Well, there's a tap house going, going in, in right door. next door. Well, that's horrible. to us. So yeah, so beer and off-road not vehicles. Always want to be there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Have what? a few drinks, then go visit Mule. That's right. <laughs> See what but, uh, happens. Yeah. Then don't, they'll really tell you what you need. Don't blame <laughs> us if you have to remortgage your house. We yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Rancy Supercars in no way takes responsibility for your spending habits. That's right. And you will go in there and be like, I need to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. We really appreciate it. No. Taking time out of your busy day. So Thanks uh, for having us. For Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.